Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 3. Uh, Matthew chapter number 3, and we're going to finish off this chapter in verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John to the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The first thing that we see in Jesus' baptism is a clear manifestation of the Trinity. God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Notice it says, and after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the Father, Jesus being the second person of the Godhead. And behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God, okay, third person of the Godhead, descending as a dove, lighting upon him. Now notice it says, as a dove, which means it wasn't a literal dove, but it was like a dove, the way it came and ever so gently lighted upon him. And behold, a voice out of the heaven said, this is my beloved son. This is the father, the first person of the Godhead. So you have God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And again, all throughout scripture, even from Genesis, we have the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Um, I would encourage you to read Genesis 1. I mean, I can look over there real quick just to show you a few things. But even in, in Genesis 1, verse number 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Don't even have to read any further. I've already seen the Trinity. The fourth word in the Bible, in the first book of the Bible, in the first verse of the Bible, we have the name God. That name God is El Lohim, El Lohim, which is the plural name of God. The M at the end makes it plural. You have a cherub, you have a cherubim, which means plural. You have a seraph, you have a seraphim, which makes it plural. You have the, the children of Anak, and you have the Anakim. The M at the end makes it plural. Already, we have the plural um, name of God. And then it's interesting, as you read through Genesis 1, and this isn't even in my notes, nor something I plan to do, but as you're reading, uh, it talks about how that God said, let us, in verse 26, make man in our image according to our likeness. Now again, who is God the Father or God talking to here? Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You and I are made in the image of God. We too are triune beings. My mind is as to God, as my body is to Christ, as my spirit is to the Holy Spirit. I am made in the image of God. So already here, 
Genesis 1, we have the Trinity, and we see it here in the baptism of Jesus. We have the Trinity. The second thing that I want to take a look at today is the purpose and the procedure for baptism. Notice it says, Jesus told John, do it to fulfill all righteousness. Now understand something. Jesus was already righteous. Jesus did not need to get baptized to obtain righteousness. So why did he do it? Two reasons. To set an example. To set an example for those of us who would come after to follow. That's why. He says, Jesus came from Galilee. John Jordan baptized him. John tried to prevent him and said, you know what? I need to be baptized by you and you're going to come to me. And Jesus said, permit it to be so for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Okay. So the first reason Jesus was baptized, baptized was to set an example for you and me. And then secondly, to mark the beginning of his public ministry. So to our baptism is the beginning of our public ministry. As a matter of fact, we refer to it as our public profession of faith. Now, I've been in churches raised my whole life where they where they really encourage people, if you want to accept Christ, raise your hand and come down to the front and make a public profession of, of faith. And some pastors, regrettably, uh, will use that as a tool of manipulation. You know, if, if, if you're ashamed to profess me before men, I will not profess you before my father and all that. And that's true. But not a public profession of faith is not walking down to the front of a church. It is baptism. Baptism is your public profession of faith. Baptism is when you step out of the crowd and you and you clearly demonstrate to the world that you have been born again, that you are walking in a new life. You are beginning your public ministry. So baptism is truly the public profession of faith. And let me just clarify something. You don't have to. And again, I'm not sliding those who've done it. I've done it. I've felt led of the Lord. I believe to do it. But public altar calls are not found in the Bible. Uh, we don't see Jesus or any of the apostles giving those. They came as a result of the Wesley brothers and uh, the revivals. Uh, it, it just became a clear way to figure out who's made a decision, who's not, who to follow up with, who to who to track down for discipleship. And yes, sometimes um, I've seen it used purely for numerical purposes to put notches in people's belt. But understand something. The minute that you or someone else or that I sit there in that pew and we hear something, we hear the gospel and we respond in a positive way to that gospel, we're saved right there. And then your public profession of faith is not walking down to the front, which a lot of churches use it uh, in their defense. Uh, they'll use it, come down to request baptism. So I know in Baptistic churches, for example, you walk down to the front and you you make your, you know, profession of faith. You tell them that you've made this decision. And then immediately the church will vote to baptize you. But again, that's not found in scripture. Uh, you're saved the minute you place, you place your faith in Christ. It doesn't matter where that happens in that sermon. It doesn't have to happen at the end, at the time of commitment or the altar call. 
And then from there, your public profession of faith is your baptism. It marks your public ministry. Now, we also see here the procedure, the procedure for baptism, immersion. The Bible says that he went up out of the water. This would not have been the case if he had been sprinkled or he had been dabbed or he had been poured. I mean, obviously, Jesus walked down into the water and he came up out of the water. Matter of fact, all baptisms in the Bible are by immersion. John 3.23, and John also baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there. One and there and they came and they were baptized for by him. There was much water. Why did he need a lot of water? He didn't need a cup of water. He didn't need a sponge of water. He needed much water because the baptism was done by immersion. Uh, in Acts chapter eight, another example of immersion. Acts chapter eight and verse number thirty-eight. Uh, we have the eunuch. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Again, baptism happened by immersion in the New Testament, and I believe if you can be, you need to be baptized by immersion. Baptism by immersion pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul spoke about this in Romans chapter number six and verse number three when he said, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. Again, burial is more than sprinkling dirt on a coffin. So I believe by if you can be, you need to be immersed. And I know that there are groups that don't do that for many reasons, convenience, whatever the reasons are, but the, the, there's no way around it. The baptisms that occurred in scripture were always by immersion. Well, listen, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.